Raphael. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Esoteric Gladiator Podcast. I am your host, Jeremy Lipsy, and today we have Raphael. How do I say your last name? <clears throat> well, my name's Ari. Raphael is my middle name, and Asulin is my last name. Asulin, right? Right. Okay, Asulin. and from Paradigm Threat. Right. Right. That's the gang you're repping. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A website. A little network. Nice. So what's been happening? Um, just doing a little bit more research on mud flood in 19th century as I'm trying to finish up my, my uh, chronology timeline of Earth history. I've basically Dick. gotten all the way up to the 18th century now. i got to dig deep. Okay. So uh, that's, a, that's a good, uh, that's a good um, topic to be uh, getting into, too. Have you heard of Jason Brashears from Archaics? Uh, no, I haven't. I may have, but... Uh, he's, uh, he's and I, then again, I can't speak for, you know, every chronologist out there, but he's one of the most in-depth, uh, accurate chronologists I've ever came upon personally. And uh, I'll send you a link to some of his, a couple of his podcasts and um, his website. It's literally mind-blowing. I bought his uh, timeline charts about, I think, like 10 of them, literally a few days ago. And it's it's chronology from, I believe it was like, you know, I got it actually right here. I think it was like, what the hell was it? And he talks about all this stuff um, that, that um, like you're into like mud floods and resets and right. and um, things like that. How long so, have yeah, you been? Like, uh, what's that? So yeah, the, uh, like I, I would say, like the biggest question I have, like right off the bat, is how long is the timeline? You know, because uh, I'm going to tell you right now. I'll give it to you right now. Okay, so it goes oh, and back. And where we're at. He says, he says, based on some timelines, Nick look like we're in the distant future, and the other ones, like, I'm really saying timelines that are really short. And honestly, the shorter, the better. Because uh, if you can make a really short timeline, yeah, like a few thousand years, and you can explain every single event that happened every year, then you got something real. Otherwise, you got big gaps. Yeah, you're gonna you're really gonna like him then because his his timeline only goes back to uh, 5239 BC, and then um, he says everything else before that is speculation. Uh, right, he exactly. he he has a problem with Billy Carson, with Graham Hancock, with Zachariah Sitchin, because he believes that all of them are manipulating dates that they're because they're getting paid by a specific source of people. And he says, based on the calendrical systems globally, the timelines don't go back any further than 5239 BC. That's not to say that they couldn't go further back, but that's when the chronology begins. And he says that he's read, I believe he said he's read over 3,000 books. He was incarcerated for over 25 years and had um, access to a lot of books in the uh, prison libraries because unlike the libraries out here that people are unaware of, mm-hmm. they've been basically doing like a 
an underground book burning or, you know, destruction of older books, he had access to uh, books from the 1800s and things like that have now that have now been um, removed from society. His work yeah, is fascinating. How long the, right. That's how long the prisons have been around pretty much since the 1800s. Yeah. I think you would really uh, like his work. So what have you, uh, For you want to talk about any of that stuff that you've been uh, studying or? Yeah, sure. Can you still hear me okay? Am I coming in through and clearing all that? Yeah, you're coming in. You're, you're coming in good. Okay, just checking. Uh, yeah, like um, one big question to ask because like 5,000 BC, that, that's pretty good. Um, there, is a, there is a little, there is a little feedback though when, whenever you're talking, it's going like... Yeah, I've been hearing that too. I'm wondering if I should. Here, let me switch. Uh, let me see if it helps. Yeah, so, yeah. That's all I'm doing is on mobile. Hey, can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, is this working? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah, I think. Working I fine. think. It's broken or something. Okay, so. Uh, <clears throat> uh, 5,000 BC, that's a pretty good estimate because a lot of. Uh, different, you know, races, indigenous uh, uh, human societies have different um, origin dates, and a lot of them around are around that, that number. So, you know, it's a pretty good guess simply because so many other ones seem to agree, so many different traditions agree. One, one bigger question I'll ask is... You're, I'm still getting that feedback. Huh. So it wasn't... Are you, are, are you using a microphone or a headset? A uh, microphone on a, on a phone, yeah. Just it's you're you just a regular. You're just talking into the phone, or is there a, is there a, like a headset mic in it? I got a little headset mic. Maybe try it without that. Okay, switching off. I'm sorry. How about now? You there? How do you, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry about that. Uh, I'm sorry too. Um, hopefully this works. I'm hearing on the right side, but am I sounding clear on your side? Yeah, you're sounding a lot clearer. All right, good enough then. All right, uh, so let's get into it. Um, so what I'm most interested in with the human timeline is what happens around zero or AD or one AD, you know, BC. Like that's like the most mysterious date of all, right? Like one year it's one BC and next year it's one AD. Like what happened, you know? That's a good question. So um, we think that has something to do with uh, Christianity. Um, and so a lot of us grew up saying, oh, you know, that's Jesus' birthday or something like that. And then later on we hear, you know, it's not and that even the religious people believe that the actual dates are probably a little bit off from that. And so no, no one's really sure what that means. So BC was, they think, uh, before Christ, but they assume that Christ was a human, you know, as opposed to say like the sun. Yeah. Um, AD means Anno Domini, which means um, in the year of the Lord. And people are like, oh, the Lord, that's, that's Christ also, right? You know, they said, well, maybe, you know, at, at some point, in that timeline, people 
certainly started believing that, but um, let's say um, before the Jesus story, before that guy ever showed up, um, everyone was, they already believed in, you know, monotheism. They believed in uh, polytheism with the, uh, with the, the, um, the many gods representing many planets. And, um, and then the story goes for almost every race out there that um, one, guy's, one god shows up and drives all the other ones out. You hear that in King Arthur and in Christianity. And, and so that, that story basically was when our son first appeared. And when our son first appeared, it changed everything. Uh, we went from a period of darkness to a period where like uh, you could see everything on the planet. No one's been able to see anything for hundreds of years. Uh, you know, everything starts to grow. You get um, seasonal plants and seasonal fruits and all kinds of stuff that has never happened before. So that's where we get all the the Christ stories, uh, turning you know one loaf into thousands. Uh, you know, by by allowing farming. Uh, yeah. Farming, you know, like suddenly we can fish all over the place. We'll never run out of food ever because there's so many efficiency. Yeah. Um, you got um, the walking on water myth. You know, the sun walks on water every day in the ocean. Yeah, um, it reflects. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So. So the AD um, and BC, both of those originally meant the day, the year the sun came out. When the sun first came out and was there and the calendars changed. And from now on, we have a solar lunar calendar. We have both, which is what we have today. Uh, though we kind of, uh, we're kind of ignoring the lunar calendar right now. But uh, if, you know, if you're Jewish, then they have a separate calendar that is lunar. They still go by that one. So, um, so something weird happened in in one AD, you know, um, the sun came out, but we don't talk about it anymore. And we say, Oh, that, that's, um, that was Christ. So, um, so, so eventually I came to realize, wait a sec, if I was to change a timeline, if I want to rule the world, if I want to change history to rule people, all that kind of strategy, then that would be the, the point in time I would focus on. You can add anything you want in that moment in time. You can add the entire Roman empire, which is exactly what they did. The whole memory of the Roman empire about right then you can push events into that distant past like the jesus story and everyone's like wow what a mystical time to be alive you know where the stars guided the wise men and shit like that like no no there's a real answer to these these contradictory questions and the answer was that nobody ever said that uh christ the person was the same thing as christ the son those are two different completely different entities for a long time and uh, from literally the time when uh, Christ showed up, which was uh, 12th century, according to the Russian chronicles, the ones that make sense and have very legitimate, you know, versions of these stories that aren't, aren't mythical or f fantastical or involve magic or anything like that. They're just stories about their czars and their weird, violent, sad history. So from the 12th century, from the time Christ showed up, the um, monotheists of the world who were constantly insisting that some invisible God was the one ruling everything had to, um, had to reckon with the new faith of the sun, the sun worshipers. We all heard about sun worshipers, especially during yes. Roman times and how they're all, um, they're all became the enemies of, uh, of monotheists and they began to be called pagans for a long time. And they still are called pagans today. Anyone yeah. who doesn't believe in Christianity. We'll, we'll, we'll Judaism, see them but... during the Super Bowl uh, halftime show. I'm sure. <laughs> right. So, uh, <clears throat> so basically, Matthias, around the 15th century, um, 
they uh, were doing everything they could to conquer this this free polytheistic. Uh, I say free because sun worshiping societies and religions have no one in charge. There's no priests. There's no hierarchy. There's no money or taxes, anything like that. So um, the monotheists who've always done Babylonian style tax systems on their on their believers. I just they had to reckon with this um, Christian empire from the 12th century to 15th century, a huge spanning empire known as the Russian Horde Empire existed throughout Siberia and essentially conquered the known world. We everything you see today, like the city of Florence, you know, the remnants of all these buildings are a result of a huge world empire that no longer exists, and we deny that it ever exists today. We say it wasn't Russian, it was Ottoman, and it was. Um, uh, you know, English, it was the Spanish Empire, it was, it's so forth, um, Genghis Khan and um, and the Mongols, and of course the Chinese history, which is very dubious itself. So um, the Russian Nord Empire, I'm just going through this stuff real fast, um, the, uh, was basically um, attacked from within. The monotheists attacked the court itself, and kept, and as they kept trying to, to, to um, find all the people within them who were Western and, and and Protestants and all kinds of people who are their enemies at the time, um, they kept, you know, having inquisitions and bringing people to court and throwing them in jail and stuff, but they never caught all of them. The monotheists got deep into their court, into their lineage, and married into their royal family about the 15th century. Um, that's when the, the, the bright, shining empire starts to really fall apart, and it's just constant warfare for uh, 16th, 17th centuries um, as as one particular family, the Romanovs, as they basically ascend to the throne in the 17th century, they claim all of it, all of Russia, all the empire, and they are secretly controlled by the West. The Romanov family does control Russia for 200 years until the 20th century when they famously die in the Bolshevik revolution. But a lot of people- So what, what would you, you say, but, like, if, if we were gonna put like a modern day political leaning on the Romanovs, what would you say they were? Well, um, that's the thing. In the 20th century, they faked their own deaths. The, the, uh, the royal family wasn't killed by the Bolshevik Revolution. They just left. And when they left in the 20th century, they took their entire Romanov history, all of their family books, and they went west, and they had a huge history campaign. The last, two, the last hundred and so years, all of this history that we've been learning about has literally been a publicity campaign by the Romanov family. Okay, so they were basically history. communist. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, this was before the communist revolution, so giving them that label would be very um, misleading. This is a, is a very rich family, and by rich, I mean they're so powerful that they create other rich families that we know of, you know, like the um, the Rothschilds. Rothschilds, yeah. That, that, that name came from nowhere. They just took the name from the Russia, the, you know, the Russia child, the Ruth child. And so they're just, like, renaming themselves uh, away from this Russian empire and pretending that they are the remnants of the empire. Uh, so that's what the Romanovs pulled off. And, and because of that one move, we have to learn entirely false version of history. There, there is no Russian empire. Instead, there's this distant Roman empire. And then the world is in constant war, constant war for like thousands and thousands of years. So that's a very bleak version of history. And from, from what I found, all, all the way up until basically about the 15th century, there was no warfare on this planet at all. Like there's no signs of war. Every single war that you've ever heard of from the Crusades to the Trojan Wars is something that happened apparently in the last 800 years. 
I'll tell you what. I believe uh, at a time, this is just my own personal opinion, and this is just based on me being an artist and you know somebody with deep spiritual practices. I believe that there was a time when most of this majestic, you know, architecture that was created in antiquity was was created by men that lived a highly spiritual lifestyle and were also master artisans. And they didn't have time to get involved in, you know, wars and trafficking humans and and taxation and doing horribly, you know, devious things because they spent their time creating artwork and glorifying a, uh, you know, a most high source of creation. That's my personal opinion. Yeah, you hit it right, hit the nail right in the head. The the Rusford Empire before the 15th century was quite a beautiful place. And by beautiful, I mean, check out the Hagia Sophia in Turkey. I constantly reference that place because it was built pretty much shortly after a major religious war between Turkey and Russia, the Crusades, that whole religious war. And you said that's before the 15th century, right? Uh, yeah, Crusades, 12th because century. Yeah. From that point on till now would be what, what, what would be referred to as the Age of Enlightenment, right? Yeah, I know. Okay, well, In so check this out. Here. I, I should have sent you my uh, the podcast I did on uh, Tartaria and the Millennial Reign of Christ. Right. Tartaria um, is exactly what I'm talking about with the Resorted Empire. So um, <clears throat> which I, I still haven't figured out if that is even a, a false thing because – uh, they even talk about a, a like a place in hell called Tartarus or something like that, but yeah. um, but uh, that's, that's the Age because, of Enlightenment, in my eyes, would be Luciferian because that's who the Light Bearer is, and the Dark Ages, which would have been christened the Dark Ages by the Masonics or the secret societies, the Luciferians, the Satanists, the Age of uh, the Dark Ages would, which I would believe, which would have been about a thousand years would have probably been a time of great, like, you know, not heaven, necessarily heaven on earth, but a, a true age of spirituality and creativity and, and, and peace just yeah. based off of my studies. Yeah. You hit nail on the head. You're finding the same thing I'm finding here. This is, um, they're telling us things quite in inverse of their reality yes. because of their perspective. Who are they? I'm talking about the deep state. These yes. are the humans that have always been here that have, a need to rule others. They just can't get past that one insecurity. Otherwise they'd be normal. So <clears throat> the light age of enlightenment really can be defined as a time when the human race was brought from darkness, which means the inability to see the monotheistic God into an age when they can finally, when they're enlightened towards that God, this is all about monotheism and nothing else. The destruction of all the old art in the Renaissance and by destruction, I meant it's replacing with modern Renaissance style paintings, that was not any kind of coincidence or fad or evolution. That was very, uh, that was very um, on purpose. That it was the purpose was that the old paintings, the ones that illustrate what humans think happened in ancient times between gods, you know, like say um, uh, the King Arthur story, um, you know, uh, uh, Lancelot and Guinevere, that kind of thing. Uh, famous love stories from the past, usually depicted in crazy, as a crazy ways, because they don't reflect to modern times. You don't see that anymore. So what are you doing? You know. So these days they have you know trees and, and backgrounds that we see today, buildings, people walking around in modern clothing, and and if you want to talk about exotic paintings or or dangerous, usually talking about postmodern, you know, showing naked people or or you know 
uh, non-reality uh, paintings. That is what the Renaissance has done. And before yeah. that, we told real stories, you know, love and death, consequence, everything you'd find in Norse mythology. There's no happy endings. Okay? The, yeah, the God ate its own children. Yeah, that's just what we saw happen. So it's what we wrote down, you know. And so some people would say that <clears throat> those stories represent the, the real stories, the ones you can't make up, the best stories, that, that the time of art that you just mentioned was full of that kind of knowledge. And the, and the Age of Enlightenment was a time when uh, the deep state eventually, eventually got convinced us that all of that stuff is pagan and essentially bad. And we need to focus on just good things in our life. Go to church, pray God, nothing else. That's what the Renaissance was. Well, now they're even trying to pervert that, you know, it's like, like, cause I keep telling people, I'm like, we're dealing with an ancient order of people that are involved in a old world religion that essentially abuses everybody within that cult to the point where they have multiple personality disorder. So when we deal with the symbology in their religion, none of it makes sense. It's like, is Saturn the sun or is the sun the sun? Is Kronos sat, you know, like, they, you right. know, or is it Zeus or is it, you know, uh, what is it? You know, because right. their religion itself makes no sense because the religion itself has multiple personality disorder because yeah. you know, it comes from this source of inversion that you know where like it's like one of the you know the 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 music videos that we see in hollywood or the performances on stage where you're like what the fuck does all of this mean they're dressed in white but there's blood all over the room and then there's a checkerboard mm -hmm. and there's golden yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it, because it it of course it doesn't make sense it's a defilement of natural law it's an inversion of reality itself which is why like you see a lot of the new ai artwork it's dark <laughs> as fuck. It's demonic. It's it because yeah, there's no AI there. Yeah, it's got multiple personality disorder, just like all the people in that cult. Yeah, it reflects what what they want us to see, just like uh, Google or YouTube algorithms. It's not really AI. So yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, the uh, to teach somebody a contradiction that makes no sense, um, <clears throat> and then have them come back to you when the world has rejected them for their belief. That's just the oldest trick in the book, man. That's uh what the MI6 called revelation of the method. And it's just the most powerful mind control trick. If you can convince somebody of something that isn't true, then they will always come back to you for more. And anytime anyone tells them the truth, they're going to have a like allergic reaction to it and come running back to you. Just all this trick. So yeah, well, our society has been hit with contradictions for every single piece of truth that they've ever wanted us to know. Uh, some of these projects were, were kind of out in the open, like Project Mockingbird, which mm -hmm. literally decided to mock everything that everyone believed in the 20th century until they finally stopped believing it. It is really that simple. <clears throat> well, you're an intelligent man. So let me ask you a question. Um, since, you know, scientism is like the new famous religion nowadays. Can you think of one thing in the last 100 years? And, and I'm being serious when I ask yeah. this question. One thing in the last 100 years that science created that didn't leave a harmful effect on mankind or some environmental catastrophe? What, like, mm. give me an example of one excellent invention or, or synopsis that science has created in the last 100 years, please. 
Well, the first problem with that is I'd have to know that it wasn't already created and then suppressed at some point. I agree. Uh, there you go. Right. And then pretty much I, I would have to say unequivocally that it's everything. There is no inventions in the 20th century that didn't already exist. And then the sad part of the answer is, well, everything that we have invented hasn't, hasn't really been the same as this invention that, that previously existed, say, 17th, 18th. Yeah, the Instead, what we got is a metered version. I'll say everything invented in the 20th century is metered. From 100%. Digital, yeah, from the digital to the electricity to the water, every last thing that you can mention has some kind of price tag on it. That's that's how they designed it. The, yeah, there's that. And 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 w when you look at like, and this, you're like the perfect person to talk about because, you know, a lot of people, they want to argue with me about this. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, if you knew about ancient science and ancient technology and, and we think that the iPad and the tablet is like a new phenomenon. Right. No, they had that shit in ancient times that, you know, the gods, the Anunnaki, the Anunna, the Anuna, they all carried these tablets. And that's why people viewed them, you know, primitive type people have viewed them as gods because oh, sure. they were, you know, it was like bringing an iPhone into a rainforest Indian tribe today. Right. Yeah. Um, and when we look at like ancient technology or even technology from the 1800s, right? Be before the last reset that we had, which yeah. clearly happened in the early 1900s, um, you know, the mud floods or whatever right. the last reset was, it, you know, it reset everything here in America. Uh, right. um, that technology, that was actual science. That didn't leave like harmful residues or environmental disasters or make, you know, people in a specific city sick from the, you know, radioactive uh, leftovers right. from that invention. That, that was actually like real science, hydroelectricity, alternating current, you know, magnets and magnetism, uh, things that like... Uh, renewable energy sources yeah unlimited energy free energy no yes. patent system at all our modern science doesn't do that shit it's 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 like I, I forget the guy's name that created the water car that ran off water in the 60s yeah. or 70s that they you know he comes out has a meeting they kill him yep. and it's it's like like this is like this isn't a conspiracy theory this is actually researchable right. um and Anything like that seems to, uh, you know, just get th thrown in the garbage where then you have like people like Elon Musk who, you know, they, they rebrand Tesla and, and, they, and, and, and throw shade on his name with some bullshit electric car right. that is not even energy efficient. Yeah, those uh, Teslas are a joke. I mean, how much power, uh, resources go into them and how they're constantly caught on fire and they, they always have to. They also have to cover that up in the news to to afraid, you know, people find out how often that happens. But yeah, you named it. This is not free technology time. In fact, it's a very limited energy technology. One question is, why are we having an energy crisis? You know, like, like Germany's, you know, really suffering this winter. They don't have enough uh, fuel for heat at all, like by the millions of people. And the government is acting really callous. And they're saying things like, just go to your summer home and shit. It's really stupid. And so how, how can we possibly get to a world where we even have an energy crisis? I mean, we're, we're in the future, right? So the only answer to that is the 19th century, they really, really set us up economy-wise to be interdependent. Every country is dependent on another country. Everyone dependent on England, most of all. One, one of the biggest ways they got us was fertilizer. 
fertilizer uh, they hit us with in the Civil War. Right, right before that Civil War, you had all these plantations in the south of America. After the Civil War, all the plantations had to uh, start getting their fertilizer sources and pay for that with greenbacks, at which and seeds too. And at which point they ran out of money because wartime and other reasons and inflation made their job that their entire plantation like unprofitable within a matter of like 30 years. When when before that there was no such thing as money, and so within that time, they they have they're forced to use all of the 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 trade mechanisms to exchange fertilizer and seeds throughout the planet. You got like Saudi Arabia having these huge farms and and making all kinds of weird exports like almonds, where you really don't, where no one really get benefits from almonds. You know they have much nutrition to them. They don't make good milk, but they just keep making them. So so that whole thing was designed so that somebody could like sort of have us all by the balls in the future. Now they're pulling those strings. They're saying, look, watch out, we're going to cut off your oil supply, no more Nordstrom, like just like that. And, and, and Germany already isn't mining their own oil because they're not allowed to because they have such a huge green movement that has forbidden it. And so they're also not buying from Russia. You know, how does this ever happen? It can, it's impossible. It shouldn't happen. It can't happen unless somebody has literally been setting this up this whole time. There's enough evidence, like you said, it's not conspiracy. What, what Britain did, what they left behind, you know, their, their, their quasi-economic government uh, trade system that they left behind basically rules the planet right now. And mm-hmm. it, does seem like, it does seem like in the next reset, one of the plans they had here was to basically take away every last source of food that we had, every last thing you name. Um, like right now, the current fad this week or last week was chickens. Yes. Chicken heads after, right? And before they do it, first they, they prepare us for it. You know, a bunch of memes come out. Like, yeah. oh, bling chicken eggs, bling chicken eggs. And so everyone's ready for it when it happens and they just don't say anything. And something horrible probably just happened to the farms again. Something just like well, with he, the cows. And then before. here's here's this too. Like there's actually a couple things I wanted to address, but yeah. this here's this right now is when you look at the the chicken egg, um, the, the economic side of it, the demand for chicken eggs didn't go down. The only thing that happened was the price went up. So people yeah. still bought as much eggs, but they just paid double or triple for it. And the egg companies are now laughing their ways to the bank. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and with like the whole science thing is it's, it's always like trust the experts, trust the experts. Again, the experts have been failing for the last 100 years. I mean, if I could get like a science major to come argue with me and debate with me i would love to prove how flawed their you know their their view of you know science is because it's just i just see nothing but failure after failure and and also like with like you know the fertilizer thing that you were talking about it's like i did organic farming in hawaii for five years on two different islands we don't even fucking need fertilizer. If we have good compost, uh, sure, we, we can use fertilizer. It'd be great. Like if we had good grass-fed cows and chickens and we utilize their their poop for, you know, good fertilizer instead of this bullshit that they've been, you know, this methane fucking super horrible gas fertilizer that, they, that they've been using to put on these GMOs, Monsanto fucking uh crops the, the mono crops that they're they're doing yep. we wouldn't even need any of that but like people are so ignorant because they've been usurped by modern day academia which goes back to the 
you know, the, the uh, Romanov family that you're talking about, because right. these guys are the original Marxists or the which I. OK, and here we go. And the reason why I say that is because about two and a half years ago, I remember I like I did this meditation and I have a lot of really crazy, uh, profound epiphanies uh, out of me- meditations or awesome. uh, on, on my way to sleep or whatever. It's like that 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 state in between sleep and awake where you're not quite asleep, but you're not quite awake. Um, right. And um, I had this epiphany that, you know, communism was uh, the byproduct of Satanism and it's the political ideology for Satanists. So I typed in Karl Marx and Satanism and literally like six different books came up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, boom. And then you find out like three of Karl Marx's kids commit suicide. But this guy's <laughs> trying to tell us how to run our lives and shit. It's like, who the fuck is going to listen to a dude like that? Right. It's, it's the worst plan that no one wants to hear, but it keeps coming back. They, they, they sort of tried to execute it in the 20th century. saw a lot of communism. We saw America was desperate to destroy the communism, wanting to bomb those Asian countries, sort of becoming the machine themselves. I mean, this is mind games. They're playing on us, and it really works, you know. If they can't get us to be communists one way, they'll get us in some other way. Or they'll get uh, they'll go after our children, you know, if we resist too much in, say, the 70s, which we did. You know, the 80s was pretty peaceful, not much war. So they really went after the children and, and G.I. Joe and all that. And then by the 90s, it was pretty much we're ready for Iraq, Afghanistan, all of it. Yeah, it's a pendulum. It's 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 like this very psychologically motivated pendulum because when you look at like the people that um are clearly believe that they're in charge. I mean, they may be in charge over the world at this time. They're they're eventually going to fail. Man never takes the world over, according to history. No. We can go to Genghis Khan, Alexander the Great, Napoleon Bonaparte, Adolf Hitler, and and so on and so forth. They all fucking fail. Did, um, I ever, did I ever mention the uh, Matrix movies? Did I talk about them in the last cast? I don't remember. I might as well briefly, because there's it's a really big significance. The plot of the Matrix movies, that's about as close as I can get to what's happening in reality. And what I'm referring to, of course, is the resets. If you watch the second movie, they're in the, set, the sixth iteration. The architects let Neo know that this has already been reset six times. You know, you guys already figured out the truth and and tried to break out and we just had to reset you again. And here we are in the way, way future, a lot more than you realize. That's, that's as close as I can possibly describe reality. I mean, that movie is based on reality. Architect even said so, even said the previous iterations are based on human history. So they know what they're doing there. They know that the answer to the question raised by those movies is the same question raised in reality. Um, the enemies, the bad guys, the ones who are objectively bad who cause warfare, have the ability to reset again. They will always have that ability. They just have to bring it to that point. Um, of course, they could lose their power if they do it incorrectly, but the bigger question isn't, isn't that, is what happens next after they've reset so many times and they tried to get everyone to do and be exactly what they want, and it's never, ever worked out. So what is, what is their plan now? Are they just going to try again? And so in that movie, in the third movie, you find out that some of the machines are willing to, to just call it, that's it, we're not going to try anymore you know, let all the humans die. And in reality, like the, the vast majority of machines and humans and everyone else are like, no way we're going to let that happen. So they're just going to find some way to do peace instead. And, and so that's it. The, the deep state has played all of their cards. They've reset us as many times as they can. They don't have any more plans. Their plans are exposed. They've tried to start World War Three on us. Our entire lives, we've been hearing about Russia, Russia phobia. Yeah. 
and now, you know, I mean, if you watch the war closely, the war is over. You know, this is it. Ukraine lost badly. Russia has been fighting wars for 800 years. Who would ever want to invade a country that fights wars for 800 years? They said this in Last, Last Samurai in the movie. You know, these guys, you know, it might be sticks and stones, but they have the history and we don't. We, we're just going to be slaughtered like in Vietnam. If, and when I say we, I say the West. And all of our, all of the support we sent that country, all those weapons, advanced tanks and drones and shit, um, has led to nothing more than a body count, a huge body count on Ukraine's side. So this is over and it's over. And they really tried to get us into war and it didn't work. Well, and, and then like you just got to look at like because I always think like you know, m- macro microcosm, you know, let's take a look at at, at at mixed martial arts. Who reigns supreme in mixed martial arts? Hmm, you tell me. Russia. Yeah. Well. The people from, you know, the Russian era areas they reign supreme and the olympics in general yeah you know what i mean and why would that be because these are people that for centuries have lived in a harsh environment so they have to fight infinitely harder than westerners do to achieve the same same results and there's another reason just a a reason that's just been so buried i don't even know if the russians are willing to accept it anymore but that resort empire that whole siberia region they invented all this stuff, man. The Olympics is their game. They were the ones in their first empire that went around creating coliseums around the world, inviting athletes around the world. But the problem was the Russians were still the best back then. And why? Because they were giants. There, there's without doubt the people of the East were bigger people than the West. The West were the small ones. Like in Napoleon's time, they're basically midget sized. But in the East, um, you know, like in Christ's time, there's a lot of evidence that Christ and his mother were giants, were big people. You know, they weren't um, in the photos where they appear, sorry, in the paintings where they appear, it's usually with their own family members. It's hard to tell, yes. you know, who is, um, you know, what the scale is there. So the original paintings of all these, these crucifixions might have actually been of giants. But besides that point. Um, Hold yeah, on one they, second. What, I lost go for it. What, no what were you saying? I was, just, I was just saying that a lot of the giants of Earth came from Russia. So they've yes. been. They've been the best at athlete athleticism. They've been best at construction, buildings. I mean, you name it. That's why there's so many giant doors in the Eastern yes. Europe. You know, yes. They have to be able to fit through those doors. Those are their buildings. So that's a big reason why they're so good at sports, as I was saying. Yeah, so um, I had this, like, again, this, this, this like, ep- epiphany this morning. Now, what I believe is I don't believe like specific races or cultures run the world. I believe a specific group of people that are aligned with a specific race run the world. Oh, yeah. But we don't know. We can't say, oh, they're Chinese or Jewish or black or whatever, because they're a race that, you know, has been um, downbred throughout, you know, the last 6,000 years or whatever from the giants, the Anunnaki, the Watchers, the Inanu, the, the Anuna, or, or whatever you want to refer to them as. Right. Uh, they, you know, they used to call them the Titans or, right. you know, and they've, they've been in every civilization. I mean, even the Mesoamericans had the giant gods. Um, but uh, this uh, today they were like, uh, somebody was like, oh, well, you know, uh, they were saying something about like why, you know, we're in servitude to Ukraine. And I'm like, I was like, because um, the, the the left is in servitude to the Ukraine because of the Ashkenazis, 
because that's where a lot of them come from is the Ukraine and the right is in servitude to the Zionists. And, and I'm not saying that that's the race that's running the world. That's just one of them. Right. You know, I, I can't say, Oh, like when, when people are like, Oh, the Jews, I'm like, that's just one of them. Like, because it, who runs religion? The fucking right. Catholics. Yeah. Like, and it's who? really, right. It's really a Jew is because it means one who believes in God. So, you know, that's a lot more than just Jews, right? So mm-hmm. it, it's right there at Splinters, you're right. Uh, there's a lot of Catholics and Buddhists and Protestants who basically run things, but they all seem to believe in the same. That's the giveaway. That's how you know who's really in church. Well, and then they'll be like, oh, well, you know, or like people are like, oh, well, black people can't be racist because they have no power. I'm like, Barack Obama was powerful yeah. as fuck, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Tedros of the, the of the Who is black from South Africa, and he shut the fucking world down. That's a lot of fucking mm-hmm. power. So right. we're dealing with a group of people that don't have a specific race. They have a specific genealogy, I believe, that goes back thousands of years. That has been bred down over the ages from... Uh, potentially the original gods, the Elohim, it, it, or what have you. Well, um, let me fill in the blank there. Because um, <clears throat> a lot of people think that this deep state architecture where their family is so big that they involve like a, a sample of every type of person around the world, including a lot of black people in America. But um, there's no reason to assume that that was created over a thousand years. You know, that could have actually happened very quickly and probably was necessary to happen quickly because we had a reset recently in 19th century basically we had to start over with the royal bloodlines if you follow me and that that means finding the loyal people um this is where the exodus story comes from you know during the the 40 years of desert on earth the uh, the god or whoever was speaking to the people through um artifacts through um you know either whatever technology or churches yeah tel- telepathy and saying hey I'm, I'm you can't see me right now but i'm your god and if you do exactly what i say I will give you manna and food and shit in the desert. And they did. 19th century, a bunch of manna drops, uh, people surviving in regions that they shouldn't, like in America, where the mud flood essentially killed off all life. There's nothing to eat. Uh, there's no food. And you can't really go outside because there's too much smoke in the air still. And that lasted about 40 years, too. Um, so <clears throat> essentially, in the 19th century, we saw these, these chosen people delivered to their promised land, they received their their everything. They every night they they say thanks God for all the shit he gave me, and put on the dinner table. And it's those people who then spawned the new royal bloodline that we know today. And they did it in that same century. And here's how they did it. It's really just sad stuff that's coming to light recently. Um, if if you watch The Office, um, they have so much it's like truth bombs in that show. And one of the biggest truth bombs to me was when the character Robert California suddenly said that he's going uh, to Europe to, uh, to do what uh, Oprah did with her Leadership Academy. And the Leadership Academy uh, in the 90s, very popular, Oprah Winfrey said, going around the world, especially Africa, to find a bunch of disenfranchised girls, teach them how to be leaders and business leaders and, and presidents and shit like that. Um, so no one said boo, everyone assumed there's no way that Oprah would be betraying these girls, right? Um, then some people kind of picked up on the on the possibility that Oprah herself was not only just an abuse victim of this other guy, this, this famous whatever person, but she was completely under his control even still today. 
that kind of abuse victim. And so if she's an abuse victim like that, then it is likely actually very, very, very likely that she is betraying all of the girls that ever joined that leadership academy and that those girls by the millions basically met um, different fates. The, the fate that the um, the people like Gislaine, um, what's Gislaine her name? Maxwell. Maxwell, the type of girls that they recruit you know, top of the food chain, so to speak, they really believe that they're trying to give those girls better lives because they sort of receive better lives themselves. And the big mistake of that is that through the recruiting process, you get a lot of people who you're not going to want. They're going to be sent to sort of lower levels in the trafficking chain. And that yes. is where the worst atrocities in the 19th century happen. You hear all these terrible stories, even the Native American girls. You hear that story now in that new show, 1923, with Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren, complete um, whitewashed uh, predictive programming, but still pointing at the truth that the nuns abused Native American girls here in America in the 19th and 20th century. And, and because of that child abuse that was so common and rampant, you have the orphan trains, just you know, hundreds, thousands of children being sent on yeah. trains. There's just there's deliberate instructions too. White boys are going, white boys and girls going to the North America and black boys and girls. And then you have the South. insane asylums because you yeah. got to put, you got to put these children's parents somewhere when they flip out when their kids get taken from them. Right. So, so well, the conclusion about the uh, the child trafficking of the 19th century was that a lot of it was able to um, to spawn new royal bloodlines, so to speak. One of the most famous ones you can look up a movie in the not not most famous, one of the most obvious examples. 1950s. There's this movie that came out called The Baron of Arizona. It's this whole movie about this guy who deliberately in the movie raised this Native American princess from birth to be his wife and married her and then claimed all of Arizona as his own. He's the chief. Like, it's a real story, and they made a real movie about it. This was so common in the 19th century. You got white men uh, breeding with black slaves in, uh, in countries on their visits, you know, on their safaris and so forth, going back home and forgetting all about the thousands of babies they left behind, and then coming back uh, uh, later in their life under a different purpose, saying, hey, you know, I need some kids in this region oh, these are actually some of my offsprings in this orphanage here. So I'm going to pick one or two or 10 of them, and we are going to make you guys Nelson Mandela, you know? We're going to make you guys the Western-sponsored revolutionary of your country as, as the 1960s roar into it, and we declare all these independence in all these regions. So it was a pretty Dude, they're plan. doing it like Monsanto does it with seeds. You know, you, they, they yeah, come in, they yeah. leave seeds, and, seeds and these you farmers, the, the seeds blow into other people's fields, and then Monsanto's <laughs> like... Oh shit! This is our fields, man. You you didn't pay for these seeds that we created. You got it. And then weird things happen, like uh, in, in Africa, the British come in the nineteenth nineteenth century, and they're like, we see a difference between the the Houthi and the sorry, I got the names wrong. Those two different tribes from uh, from that one movie um, that that caused all those uh, that just slaughter. And I think uh, God, I can't remember the African countries now, but you get the point. Uh, um, was it Rwanda? Got it. Rwanda, Tutsi, and Hutu. The, the British okay, came yeah. and they defined these two separate races just arbitrarily. And the answer to that question is not so arbitrary. You know, the, the ones that got the upper class, the rich, you know, a lifestyle are the ones who are literally married into the white British people who showed up. It might not be so obvious on the surface, can't walk around town and see it, but it's still the basis of their entire uh, power system, their, their government and their society itself. And that's what the British left behind essentially yeah it's so crazy like this whole this fucking web that we're in right now and then when you like look at it you're like 
you're like, damn, what the fuck are we going to be able to do to like clean this up? And like really, and I consider myself a reasonably intelligent individual. I'm like, man, I can only think of a couple ways, man. One is extreme violence and, and, and mayhem, uh, you know, just thrust upon these people that call themselves elites or the other is like a divine intervention from you know i don't know how that works uh you know something created this this dimension that we're in and um it's it's fucking crazy man yeah let me stick to that because both both sides are compromised the left and the right they're both and what what i see is probably going to happen is 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 it's very similar to like the 60s when the left came in they started the hippie movement and and you know all the hippies thought they did their job you know all the boomers that were hippies they all thought they did their job and they thought they were so rebellious against the government and then then they kind of sold out and then they bought homes and now they're just like laughing at the the generation x is like me like you guys don't own homes and i'm just like excuse me i sorry you bought homes when they were seventy thousand for a five bedroom my my generation didn't get that and now all you idiots decided you're going to get vaccinated because Mm -hmm. the same government that you you know said was evil and racist and oppressive for some reason now you trust them and you're arguing with my generation because i I would venture to believe that a lot of the boomers I, i would think that the most of the people that didn't get vaccinated are fucking um, our Generation X. Yeah. The children um, of the 70s. Yeah, the people that basically didn't trust government much that remember Vietnam. <laughs> yeah, and, and so you, you had the left in the 60s and then, I don't know, it's like swinging it's not, back and forth. It's not hard then, to find hippies these days who regret all of the things that they did in the 60s. The first wave of that was the manufactured uh what we saw on tv you know like the hippies that did too much drugs that's a joke it's not real the real version of that is the hippies that joined a bunch of protest movements that didn't realize those movements would later become something else for example like yes uh gay and lesbians those guys they they took it all they they took all the damage back then they did all the protesting all the work all leg room and everything it's their revolution seriously all that gay pride was from events that they are proud of because they did them but everything that's happened in the 21st century has been like, whoa, that, that's not what we were saying, you know, and, and suddenly it's all about children and children and what's your sexual identity, child, you know, and it's and it's stuff that they're openly saying <laughs> that they never, ever agreed with. That is not who they are. That's not what they're pushing for. Somebody has usurped their movement, add a whole bunch of yes. letters to it. Yeah, they, I mean, I follow gays against groomers. I think they're doing there excellent you work. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think they're doing excellent work. And, and, and I don't have, like, as much as I agree with a lot of the tenets of Christianity and stuff, I don't say that I'm a Christian because I, I, I don't trust any popularized book that's, you know, in my view, oh, yeah. I'm like, there's a lot of good godly stuff in that book, but there's also a lot of stuff that's been changed and manipulated and corrupted. Anything that's gotten that popular has to have been tainted over time because, and, right. and, and, but people are like, oh no, the, the same people that are like deep conspiracy theorists, that's not true. It's the only thing that it's like, I want you to think about that. Yeah, like everything else on the planet is corrupted except your religion. Yeah, that's what got the flat earthers. You know, that's the biggest question to them. You know, they're relying directly on fundamentalism, and they're not—they're not allowing any kind of you know, uh, bending. Uh, like like you suggested, like maybe the book is redacted. Maybe the 
the Vatican, you had their way with the Bible for 300 years before we got to see it. Oh, the, 100%. Well, you, you, what you have, um, you know, the King James version. Yeah. There is, uh, 16 what 11 1611 yeah yeah and, and then and and then you have all the, the you know there was multiple rewritings from the papacy you had um you had four you know translations uh, of that book you know and things do get lost in translation there's just, that's a statement for a reason um and then you know like when, when i look at the book just as somebody who's just an observer, I'm like, okay, this is a book that it's way deeper and far more magical than, than the, the Christians even realize. I oh, think yeah. it's, you can't just describe it in one way. It's, it's like numerological. It's like astro astrological, astrotheological. It, it, it's, it's like um, philosophical. Um, it, it, it's moral. Uh I feel like there's spells in there. Like it's literally a book of arcane, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, but a lot of it is like based off morality. And when I look at like, even like the, the God of the old Testament, my Lord, my King, for me, I'm like, were, were they talking about the Anunnaki's or the watchers or whatever? Because a lot of the stuff that happened, you know, pre-Christ it doesn't seem like, like, you know, animal sacrifices and human sacrifices. I don't see how an omnipotent loving God wanted that stuff. No, not at all. Um, that's the Old Testament God, the one that's wrathful and keeps destroying its creation over and over and, and choosing not necessarily the best people to be the chosen one. I mean, they're acting as if that's, that's the real God. And, you know, God is, is uh, very insecure and so forth. And we have to do certain things as a result. So like you said, that is a very hard religion to swallow. It was, you know, m most of the history of earth, people did not believe in stuff like that. The only time they did <laughs> was in the worst times, right? And the, the beginning of the dark ages was the worst time. And people started to, to think maybe, you know, Saturn is punishing us and stuff like that. But that, that stuff went away until literally um, in modern times when things have gotten really bad. And that's in the last three centuries. It's basically not the Napoleonic Wars. We see constant warfare and chaos all the way to the point that, yeah, people are starting to wonder, maybe there is a vengeful God sort of just messing with us here on earth. Maybe we don't have any, any chance if we're not one of the chosen people and, and so forth. It drives people insane, this religion. I should know because my parents were Jewish and they just couldn't get past the idea that they were chosen, you know, just, you know, yeah. be Jewish, but don't be, don't act chosen, damn it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's going to drive you insane. And, and it does it drives people insane because they can't rationalize that kind of a thought. It's just impossible. And, and drives Christians insane too when you tell them that well, they think um, they're chosen not, not everyone's too. going to heaven. Well, if you yeah. tell a Christian that not everyone's going to heaven, some people are like, yeah, I know, but some other ones, that's just an insane thought. There's no way that's true. That's it's crazy. How how that way and so forth. So yeah, these yeah. are really hard religion religious facts to swallow, and they all come from from monotheism, old testament monotheism. Yeah, and then when you really go like deep into uh, the Abrahamic religions. I've, you know, I've said this on the podcast before is you have the cube, the cube symbology, and it, that goes from Mecca to um, Judaism to Christianity. The cube symbology is in all of it. And the cube represents Saturn, the old sun, Kronos. Yeah, it's even the word Kab, the Kab in Saudi Arabia, a big square cube building that people walk around as if they're the rings of Saturn. 
Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that, that cube still appears on Saturn's North Pole today. We can only assume that it did in primordial times. The giant uh, 3D figure in the sky, if you look at it one way and if you look at it another way, it's um, uh, just a, sorry, I'm blanking on it right now, just a symbol, flat symbol. What are your opinions on simulation theory? Um, oh, yeah, sorry, hexagon. I don't know why I couldn't picture it in my head. Uh, I don't definitely don't believe in any simulations. I think you know, got one reality, and I'm definitely a realist. I, I understand physics as I believe they really work, as opposed to the physics that we're taught, which is based on gravity. Like a gravity central universe is impossible, and a simulation would essentially prove that. If you try to simulate gravity, it doesn't work. But since they can do simulations, right? They do uh, try to simulate um, galaxies using Newtonian physics, and they can get there. That's fine. I believe that you, you can certain you can simulate false realities on computers. Can you simulate a false reality for a person? I don't believe that technology will ever, ever exist, period. The best you can do is very subtly convince them that they're not in the reality that they actually are in. Nobody has control over that. So um, yeah, I mean, I can't wait to send you this stuff on archaics. It's, sure, it's yeah. pr pretty deep, but because I've been studying a lot of because I my reaction to simulation theory was very similar to what you said. <clears throat> I was like, I was like, that's bullshit. That's just a way for the Satanists to take over and yada yada yada. Yeah. And then I thought, well, well, may, if it's a simulation, it's a biological one. And um, I always say, I don't know the shape of the Earth, but I feel like the flat earthers have it more correct than NASA does, and I definitely mm. trust them a lot more than NASA. And in my, my personal opinion, I believe that we live in a spherical snow globe with a flat center. Um, there's, a, you know, what do we have? Operation Fishbowl. And, you know, when you go back into all the ancient civilizations, they all have depictions of a firmament or a dome. Um, right. And then and even all, all the religions as well. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Okay. You, you, you know about the Mandela effects, right? I do. Yeah, I've heard of it. And um, honestly, that's just one of those things that I don't I don't think there's going to be any proof of. I think um, the Mandela effect is really easy to describe as just a big media trick where everyone saw something happen and the media insisted that never happened. But the, the bigger question, honestly, to Mandela believers, I would ask is if somebody has the ability to change reality so subtly to, to make everyone you know, have a false memory, then how in the hell does anyone still have the original version of the Mandela memory? You know, if they have the ability to change that, then we should not know about it. But since we tell that there's something wrong with the media, someone's lying to us, we don't have to assume it's a supernatural effect. We can just assume it's a, a, a very reasonable media tricks. Just they, they blacked it out at some point. They said, from now on, orders are, everyone's going to pretend like this guy is still alive because it looks like they never actually killed him in jail after all. They just told all his followers that, that he was dead so that they would leave the jail alone. You know, some simple, reasonable explanation like that. Yeah, I mean, it, that could t it could totally be a rabbit in the hat trick. Hey, look over here. Meanwhile, yeah. they're, they're doing some sleight of hand shit. That's what you did. Yeah. But when I lived in Hawaii, I remember it was like eight years ago. Mm -hmm. I was shopping at Ross and I bought, you know, a pack of T-shirts, Fruit mm -hmm. of Alum T-shirts. Yeah. And I remember looking at it. I was like, why the fuck did they change the logo? The original logo was so much more awesome. This is way before I knew about Mandela effects, right? 
And then a couple of years ago, I hear about Mandela effects and Fruit of the Looms was one of the effects. And I was like, oh my fucking God. Okay, so I wasn't. And then the Berenstein Bears, I was like, and Man- Mandela too as well. Right. And like you said, they could be doing some sleight of hand shit, but there's a, 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 a faction of, of um, Islam where they have uh, specific people that need to memorize the Quran word for word because they're spiritual entities they refer to as the jinn that mm. can shift and change physical reality, but they cannot go into your head and change your memory. Yeah. And so I was just like, that's really fucking interesting. Yeah, totally. Um, the, the jinn, I believe, are uh, the source of that story are, is the t- telepathy that people have been using throughout antiquity. Telepathy used to be very common. It used to be a... <clears throat> A feature that, that humans have and, and the humans that I believe have been living on Mars this whole time, they have telepathy far in advance than we do because they have to because they're they're in a much harsher environment. So telepathy is something that is very common with humans. The only question is, has it ever been used to trick anyone? Uh, you know, obviously we're told today that telepathy isn't real, it's not possible at all. So somebody might be telling us that in order to, to use trick it. us and yes. use it to control us. Um, so one of the most obvious people, uh, culprits of this is the church. I mean, really, really obvious culprits here because they're the ones that are insisting that if there's any voices in our head, it's going to be either God or an angel. And, and by telling us that, telling children that, they're basically setting them up for this really obvious um, us- usurpation. They can, they can be totally taken over by just thinking that they've had some kind of vision or message from God. Um, that, so the name Jin, uh, I believe, comes from Joan of Arc. Her real name was Jean, and she was considered one of the first genies slash witches. And she wasn't even a real version of that, in my opinion. She was just a regular person who bewitched the enemy to such a degree that they they stopped fighting. And so the, this this name Jean sort of uh, crossed over. It's like you know you got a genie out there that's convincing our army to stop. You know that kind of thing. So that the words themselves evolved you know, over time. The Quran was written, written way later than they say, say it was, you know, 16th, 17th century. And at that point, some of these Western terms actually got in there. So it's just been so far removed from its original source and made to look sort of like the Disney version of itself. The Old Testament, New Testament, the Quran, and even a lot of the Buddhist texts have been completely um, reduced watered to, down. to childish. Yeah, watered, you got it. Thank you. They've redu- yeah. been reduced to like a childish version, something that we're meant to not believe in. Well, yeah, when you look at just a lot of like anything in this civilization, so much is watered down. Yeah. The, the reason why I, I, I was like bringing up earlier, like even like the flat earth thing was, is my interpretation was like with the whole simulation theory, because I literally I had a visceral reaction. I was, I was like, that's bullshit. Da, 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 da. And then the longer I've I've been studying it, the more I've been like. Okay, that's weird. That's really weird. Okay, well, I can't say no. It's like the flat earth thing. I had a visceral reaction against that when I first... I, I felt the same way about chemtrails, and I was a conspiracy theorist. And over the years, like, slowly, my perspectives on a lot of this stuff has changed. I'm like, okay, well... So I, I was, like, thinking, like, when we look down at ancient, you know, architecture and antiquity, or, you know, you know Renaissance architecture or modern day architecture, it, let's say we, we fly, a, you know, 
800 feet above, and then we look down, it looks like a motherboard, right? Yeah. Well, if we are under a dome, uh, the dome would be made of liquid, a.k.a. plasma or something, at least according to, you know, re- religious uh, theology or, yeah. uh, you know, ancient man. So now we have a flat screen above a motherboard and are we the projection in between? That was just my weird, you know, conspiracy mind working. I don't know. I felt like, you know, that's a pretty good. Yeah. If if it is a simulation, are we the uh, the pixels in between the screen and the motherboard? I, I don't fucking gotcha. know. The possibility in a metaphoric sense. Like, uh, so, uh, for the cities, uh, yeah, they do look like motherboards because... Um, if you do motherboard design and have, have in the past, you essentially want a yeah. uh, electrically balanced system where the energy doesn't run off too much on one corner or edge or anything like that, um, which means that it, it, most of the uh, the matter is is contained mm. in an even spread out way, and then the the channels themselves represent the logic gates of the of the of the program. In a city, the reason the the channels represent you know who lives where, neighborhoods and stuff, the same uh, principle applies. This is how you balance out the energy of a city. Why would they do that? Because all the cities, and I mean all of the cities of the past, used to be free energy cities. The energy that you got was received directly from the rocks and the water. You just um, like red brick, for example, or or uh, transferred water through uh, transferring electricity through water canals. All that stuff was figured out and salt. And they they need a lot of energy to make cities glow and have everything you need back then. They certainly didn't need electronics or plugs. Or, or, you know, um, mass production. Yeah, they were it, pulling it, it out was, of the atmosphere. Exactly. It was a very energetic earth, and it still is today. It's very still energetic. If we decided someday to start using red bricks again without certain yes. kind of mortar, then we would yes. be able to take free energy straight, I, from, straight from the bricks again. And traveling across this country, bro, I took so many pictures of oh, yeah. red brick buildings. Good job. And I've yeah. heard that bricks hold 10,000 times their charge in electricity. Hey, I think this this is going to cut off. It cuts off every hour. I'm going to yeah. send you a link again, and we'll continue this if you're still down. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Thank cool. You. All right. We're back again. Yeah. So speak to that. The chips. Yeah, I basically don't believe in any kind of um, simulated reality. Like, uh, the history can be very well explained, but if they can, they will try to screw with us. And the, the kind of reality that we're living in today where they've mocked every single piece of truth that we have, they don't really have a direction forward to go anymore, except for to start to give us what I call controlled opposition truths, where they make up an entire false you know, narrative, like, um, I don't know, the hippie movement, like we talked about earlier. Yeah. Or, I don't know, support for gorillas in South America, Central America, shit like that, that they yeah. made very popular and just sort of got us on. You know, even, even the Obama movement, they really posed him as sort of a hope and change president, but that ended up being very much a war president. Yeah, kind of like really obvious, you know, obvious. And so, so um, when it comes to um, these Mandela effect um, scenarios, uh, as a programmer, I always have to look at the programmer side. I, I know kind of how software is built um, at scale, and it's the same thing. It's the same exact thing over and over. It's not like a, a huge elaborate software system on this earth. Not yet. We don't have anything like that yet. We have the exact same thing over and over. Copies Microsoft servers and so forth doing the same thing in a giant cloud. So does somebody have the ability to completely, completely uh, hoax and prank and manipulate and backdoor all of this? Yes. They built it that way. It's always been that way. 
even stuff like SSL encryption has deliberate backdoors built into it. It was hard for me to believe this. I heard this from a from an airline pilot, you know, in person. He just told it to me, and I'm like, I don't believe that. I said it's true. They have backdoors built into everything, and they say it's for our, it's our it's in our interest to protect us, you know. Yeah, it's always for our protection, right? Right. I can tell you that it was really hard to convince anyone on this planet that that lying to them was for their own protection until 1960s. Um, the, before that, you didn't have a lie that was good enough. But with World War II, the way it ended, we allegedly built this thing called a nuclear bomb. And it was so special that nobody could figure out how the hell we did it. Nobody, not even the Russians for a lot of years. And therefore, we had to keep it a secret. And if the secret was actually that the bomb doesn't work, that they did the whole Manhattan Project and they found out that didn't work, then that secret, they need to protect it so much for our benefits, because if the enemy ever found out, then Russia would destroy us. You see what I'm talking about? So in the 60s, the first official classified lie came out, and we came up with a classification system. It wasn't that old. It came out then. The British had their own, but we started doing it in the 60s. And uh, now, uh, this week, for example, I forget which uh, politician said it, but they said that our classification system is broken. It's just totally broken. It's not functional. It's uh, it's being manipulated for the wrong people, wrong actors. It, you know, can cause somebody so much damage by by classifying something that belongs to them and so forth. And we're seeing that fight with the White House now over documents. It's just it's just shattered our confidence in government. So, <clears throat> so yeah, essentially, well, um, the the the, uh, the only place path forward for them to go with all this control over truth was to guess to stop believing entirely in reality and start putting on a false reality. So as a programmer. I can see how they did it. They, they simply created blackout words. Blackout words are like um, hollow earth, for example. I know it's a blackout word because in 2014 and 15, I got majorly banned from Facebook over and over and permanently lost my account just from posting just hollow earth and nothing else for a while there. Uh, another year I did everything about Israel and I got banned. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm aware that Israel had a lot of blackout words in 2012 and 13 and so forth, and that you couldn't talk about them online without getting banned. But I did not expect that of something like Hollow Earth. And I wasn't even a believer back then. I was just posting it. And then Facebook was saying, this post is inappropriate. I could not believe it. And that's what really led me in certain directions. So blackout words are so powerful that even Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft employees don't know how they got there or what's on the list. No one can access these lists. And when they decide to put a word on that list, and it could be any word in the world, like um, uh, Britney Spears, for example, just make or it go vaccines. away for five, six years, or vaccines, then um, it's hard to get that word off the list. It's hard to prove that's ever there. So maybe they just dicked around with us a little bit and said, Nelson Mandela, this video or that video. Maybe they just blacklisted a series of videos or, or images all at once, like Fruit Looms, Berenstein Bears, so that people searching desperately for it to disprove it that week or that month would not receive any other results. In other words, it's the Google reality that's being simulated here. Google's version of reality. Yeah. I always just, I always keep in mind that I'm like, I'm like the longer I've been like sober and not fucked around with drugs or alcohol or anything like that, the weirder reality has gotten. Now, normally that happens when people are on drugs, you know, the mm-hmm. deeper in meditation and breath yep. work and, and things like that, the stranger reality has become. It's like, I'm like, holy shit. Like, so I'm like 
do I know the earth is flat? No, I do not. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. Do, yeah. do I know that reincarnation is real? No, I do not. Do, do I know that simulation is real? No, I do not. I keep an open mind to all of this shit. Yeah, it's and I just have, I lean more certain ways than other ways. But, but again, my, my whole paradigm with the right amount of data, the, 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 the right amount of pattern recognition and, 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 and history with something, my whole paradigm can be shifted again. And that's just a way I feel like that's like a measure of, of a man's intelligence. It's like, okay, well, this is the way I feel about this. Like there's certain infallible laws that I believe in, right. That I'm just like, I'll die on this hill. Yeah. Like there's nothing you could say that would make me think that Satanism is awesome. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's no way. I don't give a fuck. You know, there's nothing that would make me say religious fat fanaticism is awesome or that the institution of science is awesome. Fuck right. all of that shit, right? Like right. um, but in the same token, certain like um subjects, I'm always open to learning new things on. You were saying something earlier about um about how what's that let me speak to that real fast um that that there's a lot of like big picture questions to ask but you know let's break it down into the things that matter the most to people right now since um 9 11 uh, i would say a lot of people more or less didn't care about existential questions at all they had lives that were predictable and explainable and since 9 11 nothing is predictable not even normal life yeah expect to have houses or anything so it's 9-11 right there. That's, a, that's probably your biggest one of all. If, if you believe that 9-11 was other than what they say, then you're already of this whole other category of, of reality. And if you believe that it's exactly what they say, then again, you're in this whole other category. It, there's no, there, there's no, um, you can't, you can't um, account between them because they're completely contradictory to each other. So since 9-11, we've had a couple other things. Do we support Ukraine? Do we believe that saying the word support Ukraine is a good way of describing the situation at hand with, with you know, in that region at all? Or is, or is it we're just falling for one narrative? And another one was the vaccines. So I believe that none of these big picture questions were ever going to be answered in our, you know, in that order. We have to go to the beginning, the ones that have actually affected everyone's lives. The biggest one is 9-11. And then the biggest current one is the Ukraine war and the vaccines. And I believe it's going to be something like that if this is, hasn't been already enough that's going to change everyone's minds. Um, we've already seen plenty of people that have been in the middle of this and they have changed their minds. And we see many holdouts. And so I figure that with the holdouts, they're really just waiting on one last thing. Um, their ability, Deep State's ability to stomp out truth like a fire has done nothing more than create a scenario where the whole freaking internet's going to catch on fire soon with truth just like a forest fire. You cannot prevent them forever. It's going to happen someday. And it seems like it's going to be over the damn Ukraine thing and the damn vaccine thing after all. And after people finally accept that both of those premises were based on bad sciences and bad um, belief systems, of federal government, spending money, um, international policy, globalism in general, then they're basically going to um, once they restore sovereignty to each region, then they're basically going to look at the next big question. What was what was the deep state trying to do there? What were they after? You know, that this war in Russia is so distant, doesn't seem to matter to average people. That if you look at history, you see that all of it comes from Russia and that we're in a war with Russia now. And the big pawn in Russia has been the Crimea, 
which the Russians, some of them say, is the birthplace of Jesus and the death place of Mary. And so once you just plug that one little fact in there, you see absolutely why we're at war. We are completely trying to destroy Russia so we can destroy their version of the history so that we can, so that the version that wins is the one that they created, the, 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 the false one. And, and that is exactly how fragile it is that they have to destroy a country like Russia, destroy it completely, take it over by NATO and, and European Union, control their, their um, schools and their government again, just like we tried to do with the breakup of the USSR. We tried to reduce them into one little state and all of that just to preserve our reality. So that's my point. Our reality is about to shatter and it's going to become completely sideways from, it, from unexpected places like the loss of, of Ukraine, um, you know, their, their loss to Russia here, or the fact that people are waking up to the vaccine scam. So, so months ago, that guy Jason Brashears that I was telling you about from Archaics, he believes we're in a simulated reality and um, he didn't believe that for a really long time and then right. it was then he had like a near death experience. And then he's like, for what he, he came from a Judeo Christian uh, perspective, but he was a chronologist. Right. And he's, he said, I tried to organize everything around the lens of Christianity. And then, you know, upon going through so many different points of data in my bibliography, I, I, I just could no longer lie to myself that, that, you know, the, the data didn't only revolve around the lens of Christianity, unfortunately. And he's like, and then I, I forget how he said he stumbled into uh, simulation theory, but he had said months ago, he's like, he said, uh, Joe Biden will not leave. Uh, Joe Biden will not finish his term in office. Hmm. Um, he said, uh, the, uh, the deep state, will lose and the far right will come in. There will be a grace period before the far right enters and becomes equally as insane as the far left did. Mm -hmm. um, and he said um, that, uh, fuck. Well, um, let me just tell you what's going on here. Um, unfortunately, what he's doing is he's receiving the plans as intended. And the plans are at the very end. The, the deep state plans have failed and failed again. They're plan B, plan C, plan D. But always, they always think that they have a plan, that the plan is still in motion, is a good plan, and will work. How do we know this? Well, just look at any corporation today. Look at, um, you know, all these these uh, these uh, yuppie jobs that exist. You know, making websites and so forth. I have one of them, so I should know. And yeah. basically, they, they'll talk all day about how, you know, everything's fine, everything's going good, we're doing the best we can and with the knowledge we have and all that kind of stuff. Never do they ever say things are bad, it's not working out. You know, they don't talk like that. So the deep state doesn't talk like that. They're just like, okay, fine, we're reacting to this, reacting to that. And their plan, of course, was to um, to rerun Trump and win in 2024. This is, again, like plan F, plan G. This is not anything close to the original plans. They've been fighting against somebody who has ruined their plans utterly. And Trump was instrumental to ruining their plans. Clearly, everything that has happened since then, they could not predict. But now they're starting to make predictions again. And those predictions drop in through the usual sources like QAnon and stuff. And some people are impressed when those predictions come true, like if Joe Biden doesn't survive. But 
if he doesn't, then how do you know that that wasn't? Well, he didn't say that he was going to die. He just said he wasn't going to finish his term right, right. as president. So, so now the question is, how do we not? How do we know that that's not just part of the plan? It seems to me like, like that would be a plan. They've done that many times in the past. JFK, for example, biggest hoax of all time. You know that guy never died, was never but shot. Nixon. Yeah, that, I mean that people will just believe it. So if if they get rid of Biden and they say that he died or something, it's for some part of some plan. And if they're revealing it to some of their agents now to, to tell to us, that purpose is called revelation of the method. The most powerful, like I said, strategy of all. It's the one where you get deep into everyone's head and cause doubt. And then when the time comes, you, you play the card on the other side of the doubt. You actually get rid of Joe Biden. And then everyone's like, oh, my God, I guess that guy was telling the truth. You know, they make this huge assumption this, leap this, over this to guy, this. this. This guy isn't that... Um... He's not that famous. He's not. No, I'm not uh, saying him at all. I'm just, I'm describing the agents. Oh, and, agents and, of chaos. Yeah. And and the problem with the agents, they don't really know that they're that they are. A lot of times, they receive their information from places, and they'll tell you, they'll be honest about, it. you know, I got a vision, I had a dream, I, you know. It's, well, yeah, maybe that's how they're talking to you. You just don't know who they are. He's, he said his his whole thing um, comes from the same way that Nostradamus got it, because he said there is a specific chronology that they followed. That right. um, that's all based off numbers and patterns in nature throughout history, right. and uh, he was saying that this is his speculation. He also said that 2023, he speculates that the there will be a crash of the internet and it will come back and it won't be the same oh, yeah. that's version definitely... of it that it was before. And he thinks that's going to happen this year. That plan is well known. In fact, the the good guys want that too. This internet's terrible. We need to get rid of it. Start over, man. So I'm on board with that one. Uh, well, let me ask you one question. I'm actually curious. Um, for a simulation theory, what would you say the biggest consequence of that reality being true would be on on our reality? What, what would the biggest consequence be? Would it be that um, we are hopelessly within their control? Like there's no way we could ever fight any kind of deep state resistance because they would simply, you know, change something in our memories, and then we'd be like crashing into a wall. We would we'd be lost. Now it's, I, I would look at it like, so we're in these avatars and mm-hmm. um, we, we have like, you know, you go back in cartoons of the thirties, forties and fifties, where there's an angel right. on one side and a devil on the other. We yeah. have our higher and lower selves that uh, are, are uh, you know, controlling these avatars from another. We think that we're, we're, uh, and we, I think that we can consciously control our avatars, but I think a lot of people, they just kind of live off instinct. They're NPCs and, and they really, there is a, there is a personal individual consciousness. There is a collective consciousness and then there is a God consciousness. And then there's various uh, states of consciousness between all those. But I think, feel like those are like the three pillars of consciousness, God consciousness, personal consciousness, communal or collective consciousness. And whether we're in a simulation or not, um, like if you ask like, you know, like naval pilots that, you know, a lot of their, their training on how to fly was through a simulation. If you ask them, well, was your simulation was, did you find merit to that? Or was it useless? They'd be like, Oh fuck. No, that helped me learn how to fly. So it's not like it's some useless, pointless simulation. If it is a simulation, um, what we, what, 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 like, according to like that dude, and I don't, I don't want to like, cause I don't like deifying or, or, 
you know, heroicizing men. It's just like, you know, and I do different fields of study on different people all the time, you know, but like, it's just right now that because of uh, simulation theory, his was the most uh, fascinating, right? But you know, he's a man. Men are fallible. Um, well, but- let me let me speak to that fast because uh, I actually agree with almost all of that. So you know, we don't really need to to uh, throw it in one bucket or another. Um, if simulation theory is describing a, essentially spiritual simulation, then that makes all the sense in the world to me. You know, what I would define that as is we're not all living in the same reality, like at all. Uh, it might yes. seem like that because we look the same and we seem to talk the same stuff, but um, the reality that you're living. But it's even day, like the Matrix. They 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 put us. It's like we're we're put under. We even have like dream state consciousness where we spend right. half our lives. Is that the reality, real reality, or is this reality well, that you and me are talking in now the real reality? Well, I think there's no doubt that um, real reality is the physical plane reality, the one that has physical rules that never change. Otherwise, we'd see a change by now, something more profound than than Mandela effect. And well, I mean, if we go back, if we go back to like ages, like back to like how we said the dark ages, there right. I feel like there was different, you know, laws of nature. Not maybe not necessarily different laws of nature, but there mm-hmm. was a different state of consciousness collectively oh, yeah. across the earth. You're right. Uh, there was um, a lot more telepathy. Let's just say we weren't cut off from each other. Uh, animals and humans could talk to each other through telepathy, for example. Um, that was a big deal because uh, it meant that you couldn't you couldn't do all kinds of stuff. There was there was no hunting, for example. There's no meat, there, no animals didn't eat each other back then. We're talking about the golden age of Earth, the the, the first primordial age when everything was perfect, and yeah. essentially you had like this big group consciousness, except also individualism. And some some religious texts describe this time as life passes between death and life state. Uh, you know, without having to actually die and reincarnate <clears throat> In other words, um, that other plane that you're talking about, um, that's the etherical plane. The ether is made of the electromagnetic field of the Earth, of our solar system, of our galaxy, different layers of electromagnetic field at different scales, from the tiniest scales to big right in front of you scale. And all of that energy, it contains memories, contains, that's where our souls are, that's where the soul lives, like your higher self and all that. So that entire plane, the ether, is absolutely like another simulated reality. It, it has people talking in it, meeting. It has it's full of memories. You can simulate memories by replaying them, but you can't. But just like memories, you can't change memories. You know, you can go over memory many times your head, and you might even convert it into something else that it wasn't. As you and I know, you cannot go into a memory and start grabbing things and feeling things and moving things around. Yeah. expecting them to stay there. That's not the kind of uh, reality that the ether brings. The simulated reality has everything to do with energy. And energy has everything to do with memory, just replaying old memories and, and communicating with each other. So like, like if, if, if like I was going to say, like we live in a, in, in a, uh, a, on an earth where a lot of things are silica based in, right. in, you'll know this in your field in computers mm-hmm. and computers and technology, it's silica based. Um, and, and going back into antiquity and, and Tartaria and all these things like that, they used sound to control mm-hmm. the vibration because they say reality in general is a vibration, right? So yeah. even that, you're like, okay, is it possible to control the reality through the sound vibration, the bells, the the you know the mandala shaped uh, you know 
sound holes, the, right. uh, the, the things of that nature. And, and when I look at like the, 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 the Philadelphia Liberty Bell with the crack in the bell, was that their way of mm-hmm. saying we destroyed the vibration that you once had on this earth? Wow, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, you they know, moved us all over to 440 hertz. That's for sure. For a, yeah, so, so I'm not saying that for sure it is a simulation, but the more like I th- even thinking about like numerology or even like particularly since I really got into in the last four or five months, uh, which I kind of started like toying with the idea. I want to say seven or eight months ago. I was like, ah, that's interesting. That's interesting at least. But around the last four or five months, I've gotten a lot more into it. Mm-hmm. Um, was like, then it's like, I've seen 11, 11 for years, right? For yeah. 15, 18 years, that's been yeah. popping up in my field for the last four or five months. Like it's constant, Double, triple, and quadruple digits in my peripheral view, view all day long. So much so that I've started photographing. You know, like it's like I won't look at my phone for 20, 30 minutes. I'll grab my phone to check the time. It's uh 222 or 333, 444, 555, 1122. You know what I mean? It's just like it's like constant, like. And so then I'm just like, okay, well, this is a numeric sequence. This is a matrix sequence. And like in, in the matrix, Neo goes under with Morpheus and they, they go by all the NPCs. And then the girl with the red dress comes by and was, I don't know, was, was that girl in the red dress, someone else in the field that was self-actualized. It was like, yeah, I know we're in this simulation, but I also know I have control over this simulation and I'm going to seduce you in this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so okay. I, I don't, I don't know if it's a real simulation, but well, they, the thought yeah. is very, it's, it's because the patterns, man. Well, I'll give you some numbers. Um, Matrix movie, um, Neo's driver's license showed 9-11, you know, 2001. Boom. No, sorry, not, not 2001. But also, um, Terminator Two had nine eleven when the T one thousand. Is that how they're manipulating things too? I, I, I well, ask. there's no reason to say so much manipulation. It's just it's a signal, you know. It's like here's a signal to you guys, certain people within our society that are looking for signals. Why do they have to put them in movies? Because there's no direct link between the person sending the signal and the receiver. We just we just well, see we Spielberg bear or something. witness and and draw energy to that signal. Well, that's a good point. It's that revelation of method again, because if you if you put out something that's even a lie and everyone sees it, then they're going to give so much energy to that lie, even if they're trying to denounce it, they're still going to give it energy. So it works anyway. So so that those movies and so many others kept telling the rich people, hey, something's going to be weird soon involving the two 9-11 buildings, you know, like they showed them constantly going down and back to feature two, two, two buildings uh, being raised into the ceiling. In uh, Independence Day, the two Twin Towers are being covered by a shadow, looking like they're sinking into the earth. They constantly show these signals in the 90s that something's going to happen, and then it finally happens. So the idea here is that the deep state has in its subsidiaries all over the world cannot talk to each other in these events. They have to set up plans far in advance, and then when the plans happen, they have to act like they're not there anymore. Otherwise, we're going to pick up on the plans. They're trying to hide their presence after all. So uh, they put the signals in movies all the time. But also in mosques and stuff, people are kind of aware, CIA is aware that there are certain places where you can hide signals that everyone's going to hear it and nobody can trace the signal. You go you send a bunch of 
agents in there and interrogate everyone. And you're not going to find anything. You're not going to find equipment. You're not going to find, all you're going to find is some person who says they thought he received a signal through a vision or something like that. And so that's, that's how they like to talk to their subsidiaries, the, the rich people, the powerful people. And more importantly, they have to tell them these events are going to happen so that when 9-11 does finally happen, people don't react appropriately. And by appropriately, I mean the, uh, the rich people are supposed to like take action and investigate more and get to the bottom of this because they're afraid of losing their you know wealth in the next war and stuff. They're not supposed to start you know rallying the world into the war that we just had the last 20 years, they did something quite inappropriate. And the only way that they could know to do that is because they've received so many signals ahead of time that these events are going to happen. And like I said, they really had to cover the signals up because after the event, even today, if we go around in the street and you say that Terminator 2 and the Matrix are telling people when the 9-11 date is going to happen, they're still going to look at you crazy today. So it really is the perfect method, revelation of method. It's yeah. very effective. They use pop culture to uh instead of like morris code because everybody knows morris code they use right. pop culture exactly to, you know to to tell the method so you, do you know about project looking glass uh, i think i have let me look it up what about it it's so it's it's like where they they said like because we you were kind of touching on it earlier uh not project looking glass but kind of along the same lines of where they have like um, the elites would have had a uh, a device or something that would give them a probable outcomes based off the uh, actions they oh. type into yeah. a machine for like their next plan of attack to take over the world or whatever. And and Project Looking Glass kept coming back with no matter what you guys do, you're gonna lose. Like you can no longer control mm -hmm. human consciousness. Like. Yeah. So basically all they're doing is they're on this chessboard, this checkerboard, and and they're just stalling the inevitable end of this game at this point. And when we see things like like what you said earlier, like, you know, if I go back, you know, because I was dropping red pills and shit on my space, you know, 14, 15, 16 years ago, yeah. you know, and 80 percent of the people that were, you know, and I've always had like large groups of people on my social media, anywhere from hundreds to thousands of people. Yeah. You know, 80% of people would argue with me back then. Whereas yeah. now it's like, you know, only 10, 5% of people argue with me about things. Now it's as if, um, you know, human consciousness has been awakening um, and that there is no way to hold this shit back. And that, you know, our grandparents generation, they're running out of tricks, right? Yeah. Like, like it's, it's like, you guys are still trying to, you know, uh, shame people and humiliate people and scold people and block, you know, cock block people. And all that's doing is backfiring in your faces. Now, all it's doing is pushing people, you know, fact checking is a perfect example of that. All it's doing is pissing people off. Like people, it's like, it's like nobody wants to be scolded like small children, except for dumb liberals. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? For, yeah. for whatever reason, they love to be treated like little kids and watch superhero movies and Harry Potter and all this dumb little right. kid shit. They don't mind being scolded and, and told what to do. And I don't know if that's just a, a, a measure of ignorance, laziness. No, it's, it's abuse. It's a sign of abuse. That's why I mentioned Oprah Winfrey before, because yes. nobody would imagine that Oprah would in the nineties could possibly be a abuse victim or under anyone's control. You look at her, yeah, she seems like she had it together. 
Meanwhile, right. she's working with John of God and hanging yeah. out with Harvey Weinstein. Right. So she basically, yeah, is convinced that these things are in her best interest. And that's only a sign of abuse. It's not ignorance. Well, yeah, because she's like, well, I got abuse and I rose and I'm a fucking multimillionaire. That's exactly what she said. There's that one video where she said that abuse can be done correctly as long as it's done by a family member with good intentions. Yeah. And she I was of course, talking about sexual abuse. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what what do you think? What do you think will be? Uh, what do you think is going to happen this year for better and worse? Well, um, yeah, I can, I can tell you predictions um, at this point because it's really clear what's going to happen next. Um, like I said, the deep state wants to run Trump again because Trump is their creation. He, I mean, he was always born and raised to be a president to oversee yes. the downfall of America. Um, I agree. The only the only thing that went wrong was that somebody, our U.S. military asked him to beat Hillary and like to really try all of a sudden at the last moment um, and not just to win, but to give the U S army a chance to rebuild because the U S army in 2015 was in tatters. It was horrible. We could have actually been invaded by another country. And by giving them another four years term to rebuild, we, we changed history, changed the course of what history was going to be. We turned the plan on itself because the plan was Trump's supposed to lose to Hillary. And then everyone's sick of Hillary destroying America. So they put a man in charge with Trump and then get screwed again. They're playing us on our racial values with Obama or gender warfare values with Hillary and Trump. So yeah. someone like that is fully under their control. And if you need any more evidence, just look at Mike Pence. I mean, that guy has been betraying Trump the whole time. And he finally betrayed him on Jan 6. And no one could believe it. And the Republicans were tearing his name off of the billboards and stuff. I see it around here in Georgia. They, they basically realized that Pence betrayed Trump. They, it took him a long time to accept it. And now they finally accepted, well, it wasn't just Pence. It was everyone in his staff. The entire White House of Trump's White House was handpicked by the deep state. A lot of them were there in the previous White House. They just waited and took over. Um, he was not in control of any of those people. They actually wanted to put him in a place where he was supposed to fire everyone if he wanted to change it. They, they wanted to play him on that. They're like, oh, who are you going to do? Start firing everyone now because that's who you are with the, uh, the TV show. So they played him on every level they could to control him. And they still very much control him today. A lot of people don't realize that. The only thing they don't control about him is what he's saying. He, he's completely gone on this narrative that the army has given him that, you know, we got to be America first right now. And anyone that's not America first is, is no good. He's picked America first candidates. And those candidates have either won or lost based on their rel relevance to him. The strategy has completely worked. Divide everyone in the Republicans between who they say are the rhinos, the ones that don't believe in Republican values. And my point is that Trump was never a real Republican. He was a complete deep state creation. So the military, they got their use out of him. Those four years, that was it. He well, yeah, he, I mean, wasn't it in the 90s when he said, oh, if I ever ran as presidential candidate, I'd run as a Republican because they're stupid? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he also said in the 90s that um, he would be really interested at some point in his life in losing really badly just in some colossal way just losing and having everyone in his life it's on video everyone in his life either turn against to support him, yeah. him or just walk away and then he'll know finally who the people in his life really are it has nothing to do with him it's just a, a general principle that he believes in in that they wrote his book over so that principle is being employed right now when he when he lost the election or actually when he won the election in 2016 from that moment on he was considered a loser by the, by the elite, by the establishment, they started shunning him and treating him like that. And we saw some colossal divisions within the deep state itself. So the, the point is that we could not have done this without somebody in the deep state helping us. They had a foolproof plan. 
to defeat us. We could not defeat the plan. We could only turn the plan on itself. And now that's been turned on itself and, and kind of ruined. Deep State does what they do best, analyze everything, study everything, come up with a new plan and move forward. And that plan would definitely be to run Trump again and have him win and control him again, this time without the military. Because the military is all tied up in, in foreign events. This is why they had such a horrible withdrawal in Afghanistan. Our, our military is right now the laughing stock of the world yet again. Absolutely. Also why we chose to, to spend all this effort on Ukraine. And also why we sent so many weapons there. Now we don't have many weapons left over here. And for that reason, our army has now become vulnerable. So if they were to run Trump again, they would get what they want. And the good players of this, the ones in our in our military who who averted this plan, they knew above all else that when this is over, if, if we're going to win, it's going to be because we're electing real candidates from our country, not, not Hollywood <laughs> creations, not some kind of figment of, of cameras and television, but somebody who is literally homegrown. So at this point, you can pretty much know who's going to win. It's going to be either Ron DeSantis or Marjorie Taylor Greene, the only two candidates left. The GOP has a serious problem otherwise, because for the last 20 years, they've had nobody to run for president, nobody but a bunch of Angry Birds puppets. They called them Angry Birds because they would all have like two weeks. They would fly into the air and all the Republicans would say, man, maybe this guy will be our president after all, and then have a colossal crash and they're forgotten forever. So that was the plan and the Republicans knew it. If you can believe it, this is one of my theories. I haven't seen much evidence of this, um, but um, there's theory online says, um, it's not really mine, that um, Ted Cruz was in the office. He was a character in the office, um, Kevin Malone, like the whole time that show existed. And it sounds like a stupid theory and it's been dismissed, but if, you, if you're looking at the politics the way I'm looking at it, where the GOP had no way of running any candidates ever again, because it couldn't get them on camera, literally, because we couldn't ever hear about them, that they had to hide a candidate in a popular TV show. And that's why that show was so great. I mean, they put a lot of effort into that show. You know, and a lot of people love it, but they don't understand why it happened. And, and when it was canceled, it was over. Like, the office is over. And, this, and the spinoffs are terrible. So yeah. something really special happened in that show. Tons of truth bombs and so forth. And it seems to me like they were doing everything they could to create a Republican candidate that would be popular with children and yuppies and stuff around 2015, which is when Ted Cruz ran against Trump. And it was also right after Operation Jade Helm, when the U.S. Army invaded Texas. And, and that, that, that was a real thing. Uh, you see a wiki entry on it, and the wiki entry insists that the invasions were exercises. But without doubt, we sent troops into Texas in 2014 and 15. And after the dust settled, Ted Cruz came out and said, hey, guys, um, everything's fine. Nothing to see here. That was just a exercise after all, as if something terrible had happened to him. He was an American first candidate. He completely changed his tune. Nobody believed him after that date, and then he lost to Trump. So there's a reason for all this. There was a really deep-seated kind of mind game being played out in front of us that we didn't know about because the consequences, we couldn't, we couldn't quantify the consequences of the GOP not being able to run a candidate back then. That, that sounded like a, a fantasy. It sounded like no way. Like, of course they'd be able to find somebody. But that's the the problem, we, don't, we didn't understand how the presidency worked back then. We thought it's what they told us. A bunch of people picked from around the country who, you know, got there because they're popular. But now we know enough. We know in around the 2010s, we started to see all this evidence that every single one of these presidents are related, even Obama. And when we found out that Obama was related to Bush, and only a couple degrees of separation, then 
that should be it. We should know. And the GOP knew back then. Oh, yeah. They're never going to allow any real Americans to run for president ever. Every president you'll ever see ever is going to be part of this deep state family, regardless of what skin color or gender they are. So, um, I like uh, a, a lot of other people. Um, I liked Trump as president. I never trusted him. I, mm, and yeah. I liked the QAnon thing, never trusted it. And I, and I said from the beginning, I'm like, guys, why would the military put their secret plans all over the internet? That doesn't make sense to me. You right. know, it's and, like, and, and one other big thing about that, what is Q? I mean, let's look in the history real quickly. Q is the classified um, level that you have to be to see classified information, which I just mentioned was all a lie. Ever since the 60s, every single classified secret that we've ever kept is either a lie, like nuclear bombs, or something that we should not be keeping secret at all, like, uh, you know, Bay of Pigs or, or Vietnam. Yeah, that's the only reason for classification. So if anyone's praising Q as some kind of good thing for the military, trust me, the military is, does not like Q. They do not trust Q. Q has brought them into every war that they've ever not wanted to fight. That's what Q really is. My, uh, my good friend, um, New York Patriot, does an excellent uh, – him and this guy Lux do an excellent like presentation. I think it's like three or four podcasts of what QAnon is. And they call it the order of order of Quetzal, Quetzalcoatl. Ah, yeah, the Mesoamerican um, deity. Yeah, the the serpent, the feathered serpent. Yeah, the dragon. Um, well, they can but, say that if they want. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's 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 like um, so like, but in the end, like with the whole Trump thing, I was like, I was like, man, like, I. I think everybody has free will, but I also think like, damn, I remember when this dude was anti-vax. And yeah, now this man that... has not, yeah, he's never had any free will. The most freedom you've ever seen was when he like said, hey, you know, can't believe that they actually tried to something their pussy. That one video that got him yeah. into so much trouble was that moment that he thought he was off camera and speaking for himself. This guy has not received any freedom his whole life. His whole entire life has been on camera, and planned for him all the way up, even to when he turned on the deep state. All the stuff he's saying right now is all planned for him. It's, it's so unfortunate. And, and the only reason that, that I still really respect the guy is because I know that he was willing to go along with this, knowing that it was the right move, um, that, the, that the, not, not doing that would have been awful. So he's willing to be a puppet. And here's more prediction I have you for, for Trump. It has nothing to do with the election. Here's a prediction that Trump is going to go down in flames at, at, at some point in the next few years for all of the things that he actually did wrong. And one of the big things that he actually did wrong, I mean, it, it, it will be up to debate forever, was signing off on Operation Warp Speed. When the pandemic happened, believe me, he knew it was a pandemic. They all knew what was coming. And we've seen the clues for so many years. There's movies about it. So when it finally happened, he only had one play at all. They're going to uh, they're going to turn the plan on itself, execute the pandemic early, releasing the vaccines early so that they're experimental, so that they're voluntary. And that was the only, only, only plan to counter the deep state's move at all. But they required such a sacrifice. You had to have somebody out there that continued the narrative, the narrative that they were going to push, that vaccines are safe and that everyone needs to get them right now. And if the Republicans were ever to stop saying that, they would have lost all of the elections just for that reason. Not because of people voting, but because 
the elections that were stolen, which they are stolen, they always give a reason for why they're stolen. Oh, there's too much support for, you know, minorities this year. I guess they lost. You know, they always give a reason. So the reason would have been the GOP has gone off the rails in anti-science. Yeah. They've taken all of their power away. So Trump and all of these players were well aware of that. They did Operation Warp Speed knowing that someday in the future they're going to find all this damage, the vaccine injuries, and, and they're going to have to point back the fingers. They can't say that it was Biden's fault because Biden points to Trump saying that they started the vaccines before the Biden administration showed up. And for that reason, Trump is going down uh, in 2024 uh, when during the primary. He's going to go down. They're all going to point this out during the primary. And someone else is going to beat him in the primary, like Ron or Marjorie. Now, why do I say this? Because of one particular clip that I saw when Trump was asked this question uh, this year. No, sorry, last year, late last year, he was asked by a reporter on the fly. So why did you support those vaccines? Now we're finding out there's so much bad stuff on them. You know, wh why did you ever praise them so much? We heard you saying that they're going to save lives and shit. Do you still believe that? And he kind of paused for a second. You don't really see Trump getting hung up by questions very often anymore. He seems to have an answer for everything. Yeah, yeah, that's for everything. Yeah, right. But this one, he, he paused for one second. And for the first time I've ever seen, he went straight into lockstep narrative mode. He just started reciting something that he said before. He said, we cannot lose on this topic. The vaccine issue is very important uh, in the Republican platform. And all of our topics are important. And we can't lose on this one. And we can't lose on energy. And he just kept, went off from there. And it just occurred to me then that he, he can't answer that question yet. Trump can't tell you that, yes, there was a problem with the vaccine, even back in Operation Warp Speed, and that they never should have done that. He can't say that yet. They're saving that moment for when it won't do any damage to the GOP. It'll do all, they're trying to make it do all the damage to just him. And they want him to take his sinking ship down without, without doing any damage to the GOP. It's kind of hard to describe, but that's, that's the only move the GOP basically had left. And that's my prediction. That's it's essentially what we're going to see happen now. Trump have you down. have you also heard um, that? Uh, oh well, he had to do Operation Warp Speed because you know the deep state wanted to keep everybody locked down until a vaccine came out, which would have been you know potentially years right, right. of lockdowns. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I've heard that too. But That's like, it. you got it. it. It's like this. It's like they. We all know that they had vaccines already made. We we yes, know yes. that you know they did pre exercises for the pandemic was that a, a, a um was it the the bill gates uh pre-pandemic something 21 or yeah i remember what you're talking about i don't have the name of it but uh, yeah, yeah i forget full simulation of what we we're about to do yeah it was this yeah it was a, a pandemic simulation based off the coronavirus by bill gates and you know the world economic forum and you know oh, yeah. and, and they openly said you know pandemic is coming our scientists telling us that the worldwide virus is going to wipe out everyone soon and we have to do something to stop it. They're definitely saying it back then. Yeah. But, um, so, I mean, they will insist that it wasn't because they knew the plan. They're just, there's, they're looking at raw data and that data was saying so, but then they have to explain why there's so many movies that said so, you know, like outbreak, they've been telling us this stuff yes. for a long time. Television big, shows, cartoons, right? even the children of men movie had a, a pandemic in 2008. In that movie, the pandemic happens in 2008. All of this stuff could have happened any point after 9-11, seriously. The plan yeah. was in motion to be triggered at, at any moment. They didn't have to wait very long. And the only reason that this plan took until now was because there are good players constantly subverting the plan. 
Uh, I mean, even when Bush started that the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, there's plenty of people in our military that are doing everything they can to prevent it. So, so we could have seen a, a much worse version of it. I remember one video in 2012 that really just struck me. Um, maybe even earlier than that, this video came out and said, the world is going through, is about to go through a reset. Um, the video said, you know, because certain players in our world took all of the money and there isn't any money left over, there's going to be a financial reset very soon, a revaluation called the RV. And they're going to take all of our money away from us and give us, um, you know, everything we want. We won't, won't need money anymore. They kept saying this over in 2012. And I kept wondering, what, what is this about? And, and they're preparing us for something. And then like 2015, things got really wacky. And yeah. In 2016, everything went back to normal. It's like, it's like they were going to trigger the plan in 2015. The pandemic was scheduled for 2016 under Hillary. And they were, they were telling us they're about to do it. And then boom, they had to delay the whole thing for four years. It's just really weird. I mean, that's what the evidence looks like now. It looks like this weird kind of misfiring delay of the reset. I swore that Hillary was going to win. I was like, oh, dude, we are about we are about to watch the New World Order take over. I remember I know, thinking I that in 2015. I'm like, this exact bitch is going to win. We, we are all fucked. It is um, because of the things she was saying, unfortunately. She was like saying, we're going to tax the middle class and we're going to, you know, get rid of them. And and, and people were cheering. And then later on, the, the yeah. articles were saying, oh, she didn't really say that. It's a mis- You've misheard it. They're gaslighting us. Yeah, no, that was the plan. And and like, here we are, like you said, you know, uh, five, you know, six years later, they're they're destroying the middle class. Clearly, this was the plan. It was supposed to happen under Hillary, but she didn't win. So, yeah, they couldn't couldn't do it under Trump because that wasn't the plan for Trump. Trump Yeah, she said, we're going to we're going to go to war with Russia. We're going to make fairer laws and we're going to tax the middle class. And everybody fucking cheered. And I'm like, yep. I'm not even a voter. Are you guys fucking retarded? Yeah, it was it was like, an aggressive move. It was to scare the shit out of even the people that would want to resist it. It's just such an overwhelming plan. It seemed to so many people that there was no way to resist this plan. Which well, did you have like Kamala Harris? Yeah, a few days ago on film, talking about how all the people are, you know, and like, and all she's got to do is just it's just like what Hillary was doing. They just raise their voice and people start cheering. And no, yeah, yeah. nobody's even fucking listening. It's like the bitch just told you that everybody that's sick got the vaccine. It's proof that the vaccines are working because people, she said it, like it's proof that the vaccines are working. You know, everybody that's sick, you know, got vaccinated. It's, you know, the, the people that are dying are all vaccinated. And this is why we got to keep getting vaccinated. And everybody started cheering. And I'm like, oh my God, yep. this is like a total repeat of Hillary Clinton's, uh, you know, how she's going to win the presidency. Speech. And then they gaslight us with another video the next week showing a different version where she's saying unvaccinated every time. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that's just strategy. It's just really a deep-seated strategy. So what, so what do you, what do you think, what do you think um, financially America is going to see in the next year? Um, <clears throat> well, um, this whole inflation thing, obviously, is just another way to, um, to put our, our, society close to what they want with the industrial revolution number four yes you know the fourth one's due soon which is they've been telling us about that forever and it's going to take away all of our sovereignty and we'll be happy right we're yeah. bugs and stuff like that so um to do that they have to basically destroy our economy if you see what's happening with amazon right now one of the biggest strikes ever this week um was over the robots they said 
you guys are treating those robots better than us. You guys are polishing them up every day and massaging them and stuff. And he, he treated us like shit and we have to live outside in tents. So th- it's not by accident. It's not because Amazon is so obscenely, you know, evil or greedy. It's because Amazon was part of a plan, you know? Yeah, like, well, they, they were allowed to flourish during the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, look at what their name is. They're, they're named Amazon. They, they have a tablet called the Amazon Fire. It's just about the most inappropriate name ever, considering that there was so many forest fires in the Amazon. Yeah. So it's that we're cleaning, clearing out the Amazon, that we're finding stuff in the Amazon that, we, that shouldn't be there, like ancient cities and stuff. I mean, they don't just pick these these names for nothing. They pick them to get into our head. Yeah, they're, they're, so, they're, they're yeah. They, it, well, they're like serial killers. They leave these clues and they rub shit in your face. And, you right. know, that's what serial killers do. And when you look at the childhood of serial killers, they're very similar to satanic cults. Yeah, and so is a LGBTQ agenda, unfortunately. Um, a lot of people that deal with child trafficking have pointed out that the, um, the, a lot of the things, symbols they see in the LGBTQ agenda yes. are also used in child trafficking. For example, yes. rainbow. That's a big one. Uh, they, they will tell you, they'll show rainbows in, to trafficked kids all the time, and they'll say, which one are you? Are you blue today? Are you red today? Just a, it's a mind-controlled system that works. If the children see that same system at large, if they see like the government and the schools and the corporations showing the same symbols as their traffickers, then those children are psychologically doomed. They will feel like they're in a world that is absolutely evil from top to bottom. And that, well, that's how the symbols work. It's very, very effective. Think about like what even like the rainbow meant in the Bible. That was God's covenant to the people proving right. uh, there's a few ways to look at it. Um, you know, it's, it's just beautiful, you know, the seven sacred colors of the chakras and, mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, the color wheel, um, each one of those colors representing a day, uh, a, a, you know, a sound in music, a music note, uh, and so on. You know, there's a reason why seven is God's number. Um, but like, so, and the bow is clearly meant. Um, but, uh, so instead of that, which the covenant being that God is control, God is in control of the most high. Cause I don't mm-hmm. want to sound like a Christian cause I'm not a Christian. The most well, high, yeah, is in contro- it, the most high is in control of this, uh, dimension, this realm. This is his creation. But with these traffickers, they're letting these people know that man is in control of them. It, it just go. It just goes back to the old religion. Like man is going to, you know, prove that he's God and he can run this better than God can. And then it goes into fucking inversion and you know these people with these fucking multiple personality disorders because they've been so sexually, physically, and emotionally traumatized. They don't, you know, up is down. They have no. They cannot interpret nature the way that nature was intended to be interpreted so they make up their own fucking version of nature yep i agree with that uh yeah the the rainbow covenant you're describing that's um um the end of the dark age and the beginning of of the modern age when this when our sun came out that's it's around 11th centuries when i believe that the modern age actually started not not year zero but 11th century and um and before that it was all just, you know, the, the, it was just a chaos. It's just a bunch of uh, destruction on earth over and over floods. There was three great floods, great deluges. 
I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you some stuff that, that you're you're gonna you're gonna be super totally, interested totally. in. The, the thing that yeah, the thing that makes that I like about the the Rainbow Covenant was it was it was something that everyone on Earth saw that suddenly these rainbows were happening that never showed up before, and also the cataclysm was ending forever. It was like a promise that there would never be any more floods or cataclysm on Earth, and it, it stood in contrast to the other covenant, the Old Testament covenant, the one that the monotheistic God gave the Israelites. You know, cut on your baby's genitals and so forth. And keep the covenant, and I will deliver you in times of darkness. So the only the only problem I have with that covenant is that people who still believe in it these days still believe that the world is going to come to a time of darkness, and they're going to have to wait for that time and then be delivered from it. And the other people, the rest of us, normal people, believe in the Rainbow Covenant that those days are over, and the only reason that we would ever have any darkness anymore is like you just said, by the hand of man. Yeah, absolutely. When you look around you and and the world looks around at, at what's going on this there's nothing organic about these pandemics these food shortages these natural disasters this is all man made this is all you know uh, you know technology gone haywire this is all you know a, a group of psychopaths orchestrating food shortages and and you know it's like That's right. you know it's it's there's nothing organic about it um, Ari, go ahead yeah. and tell everybody where they can find you. And uh, I got to get going. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, no, and we um, and we'll do this again, bro. Because I love talking to you. Because I, I, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm like this guy. You know, he's a deep thinker like me. Absolutely. Yeah, just check out. Oops. Just check out paradigmthreat.net. All my stuff's on there. Join the chat. Come talk to us. We got a chat hosted on there too. Paradigm threat. Yeah, paradigmthreat.net. Awesome. awesome. All right, man. Well, uh, shit, you have anything else you want to say? No, I think we're good. We covered a lot of stuff. It was a lot of fun. Awesome. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, mind, body, spirit, love, healing, truth. We out. See you later.